Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Um, a lot to get into, but before we uh, bring in our guest, uh, Jihei, did you know, and I forgot to mention this before, we had our Three year, three years, my friend, anniversary since we started doing this show back in October of 2020 during uh, the pandemic. Can you believe it's been that long? Man, time flies. That's all I'm going to say. Time flies. Really I, just rem- I just remember when um, we were doing this during COVID, and I just thought it was just so weird that we were doing a show during COVID, but because nobody else really was. So. I'm glad that we're still on the air in three years. That's, that's pretty amazing. Some people don't get a year, so. Exactly. Yay. And we were uh, very, uh, we were good luck charms, I think, because uh, as soon <laughs> as we came on the air, the Dodgers won the World Series and the Lakers won the championship. Um, the Dodgers are not looking so good, but we'll, we'll talk about that with our good friend uh, from the Sporting Tribune, Fredo Cervantes. Fredo, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. How's everyone doing today? We are good. Uh, okay, so for I'd be better if the Dodgers were winning. Yeah, but other than that, great. Tell me about it. We will get into that. Okay, so Fredo, I was uh, tracking your tweets and everything on Saturday, and two things were happening. You had the uh, Diamondbacks playing the Dodgers in Game One of the Division Series, and the Wildcats playing USC at the Coliseum. And uh, listen, I was confident that both teams would, would, would win. It would be a great Saturday. One team won. But um, let's first talk about the USC Trojans because you were at the Coliseum covering that game for the Sporting Tribune. We've talked about this, this team's problems defensively. But at, in the first half and certainly in the first quarter, it was the offense that was having the struggles as they fell behind 17-0. to zero. What happened in that game, you think? I mean, it just seems like um, they, they were coming in here. You know, you, anytime you have an opponent that you feel that you're definitely going to win and maybe you're going to win by a large margin of points. And, you know, it just seemed like they weren't prepared for the backup quarterback in Noah from Arizona. You can see, you can just see it off the bat. You know, he was just making certain plays, uh, hitting certain players at in certain spots. And, you know, Again, the, the talk has always been for the last few weeks is like the tackling. There is tackling issues with this team, even though they've had the most uh, tackles for yards lost in, in, in college football right now, but they're still missing a lot of tackles. So just imagine if they were to clean that up, how good that defense can be right now. Uh, but in the, in, the, in the first half, when you see Caleb Williams, I mean, he had three throwing yards um, through like the first quarter. It's just something unusual and unreal for this offense to be looking like, even though they are still the number one offense in the league. And, you know, as you know, Mr. 
Coach Riley talked about it after the game. He said, look, we're still the number one offense in the league. We're still the best offensive-wise. But, yeah, our defense got it cleaned up. But um, it, it was a little – it was a rough start um, even for the for Marshawn Lloyd. Marshawn Lloyd seemed to always get on a good start for um, in the first few five games. But now, you know, in this game right now against Arizona, just kind of let the whole country know, like, okay, USC is definitely beatable, but – how well can you hold down the offense? Because once the offense gets going, even though they were still able to put up 43 points, you know, going scoreless in the first half, in the first quarter there for the offense, uh, they were still able to put up some points. And Caleb Williams uh, kind of showed you that he's still the man. This was my problem with, with the way that they performed. You know, they, it's not like they were 5-0 and and 6-0 and and people were saying that they're the best team in the country. I would have thought that they would have walked into that Coliseum on Saturday night with a chip on their shoulder. Again, they are 6-0. and They've dropped every single week of this poll. Yes. And, um, again, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the big game that they have on Saturday. But were you surprised that fire was not there? Again, we'll see how they respond to this. Because sometimes when you have a, a win like that, triple overtime, a big touchdown by Caleb, big defensive stop at the end, maybe that'll catapult them. But again, you, you covered this team in practice. You've been at all the games. Were you surprised that they had to... Um, struggle against a team that, again, on paper and this is this season has not been that good. No, they they have it in. I was definitely very surprised with the way they came out in this game because you, I, I mean, I've seen every game this year and just you never see the offense start had a start like the way they did today. Today, uh, not today, meaning on Saturday, but Saturday was the first uh, game where they do not score on their first drive of the mm-hmm. of the start to start the game. That was their first time, so it was unusual to see the offense uh, go that way. Even though Caleb did not turn the ball over, he did have that fumble um, in the early in the second quarter, which they were able to get the interception right back so they were able to make up for that mistake there because that definitely could have put them in a much bigger hole that could have been an easy 24-0 hole if it wasn't for the interception um late um, early in the second quarter but i you know this team right now has a lot more to prove than what they have going on right now they have a lot to prove with the defensive side of the ball they i mean kayla williams even took his time during the press conference no one asked him a question he said it himself he's like okay guys look we want to go ahead and just let everyone know that these are my guys. We're, we're working together as a team. We win and lose as a team. And at the end of the day, that that leadership right there is going to carry him and this team uh, further away than what people expect. I can still see. I can see them beating Notre Dame this upcoming week. They're going to be having a big game against Utah the following week here at the Coliseum, which is going to be a huge game. That game's already sold out. So you, we can expect yeah. a wild night that day. And then right after that, they go over, I believe they go to Oregon. So is they're going to have some great matches coming up. I can see them coming up on top because at the end of the day, I don't think there will be a defense that can slow down this offense. Like, there's just no way. Yeah. Fredo, um, I mean, I think that Caleb Williams has got to be exhausted this weekend after carrying SD on his back, <laughs> even, though, <laughs> even though I know that first half was kind of brutal for him, but the second half was just so killer. I mean, that kid is, there's a reason why, as my mom would say, that kid is a star. Um, my, my question um, has to do with the defense, who actually showed up at the very end in the fourth quarter, right, by, um, by stopping that set, uh, two-point conversion at the very, very end. Is this something that we could possibly be seeing in the near future, or was that kind of just a fluke of like, hey, we got to rally the troops, fire them up? 
you know, kind, kind of mentality, or is this maybe something that we can see? Because that's always been an issue, right? The defense for SC has always been in question. So I'm just wondering if maybe we can see that these are things to come for SC defense. Kind of no, definitely. I think this is. I think this is something that's going to definitely carry over because the way they were able to uh, stay in the game, being down seventeen zero and and possibly going down twenty four zero, they were able to maintain themselves in the game, get uh, big time turnovers, those interceptions, uh, those tackles for loss of yards, and looking forward, this team, right? Even Mason Comp talking to Mason Comp after the game, he's like they are so confident in what they just experienced because a lot of these players um, have never experienced that type of thrilling game like that. You know, it was something that they could have easily given up uh, in the first half and they could have lost this game by 20 plus points, but they didn't. They, they stood focused. And I mean, you got to give some credit as well to Jalen, um, um, to, um, Kalen Bullock. Kalen Bullock is another guy out there making a lot of great plays for the defensive side of the ball that it kind of gets unshown at times. And some people got to give these people some credit. Um, and yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to get a chance to talk to uh, defensive coordinator today, Alex Grinch, about what they're going to be doing moving forward with Notre Dame. And I know he's going to have a lot of uh, interesting things to say later on today. I don't think they're going to make a move during the season. It's extremely rare. We have seen it before. Um, I, I, that, I'm beginning to think, like, at some point, someone within the program, and I know Lincoln Riley is Lincoln Riley, so I don't think you're, 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 you're going to have the president or the athletic director or whatever uh, say that, that he has to make a move. But um, I, I'm trying to figure out what has to happen for them to say, hey, listen, like, we we have to get another voice in there as the defensive coordinator. We got to wake these kids up. Is there any chance, and from what you've seen in the game, you talk to Grinch every week and their players, his players defend them. Is there a chance that they could make a replacement during the season? I, I think there's a zero percent chance of that. I mean, that relationship that that Lincoln Riley and Grinch have together, they've been together for quite some time now. And you know, and as much as the team believes in Grinch and his, even the you know the players are taking blame for it. They're like, look, they're putting us in the right spots to make these stops, and you know, we are not getting it done. So, you know, they are taking blame for that. So it, it would be something else if certain players were to be like talking like, hey, look, I think we need a, you know, we need a stronger voice out here. Um, I mean, I think that's maybe the point where maybe Riley and USC might want to do a change. But in the meantime, I, I mean, I, I can see Grinch being there next year. And maybe if Riley does decide to take an NFL job as, you know, there's a lot of speculation out there about that. And, you know, yeah. Grinch might follow him into the NFL. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see how that turns out. Uh, okay. You mentioned a big game this weekend. USC going to South Bend to play Notre Dame. By the way, Fredo, one thing that I've noticed that has happened, uh, USC has not been helped by their the, the, their big-time opponents losing the week before. Again, big game against Colorado, big noon kickoff in Boulder. They get blown out the week before against Eugene, take some of the shine off that. And again, we'll see what happens on Saturday. But they had the ability to go up against a top-10, an undefeated Notre Dame team, and then they lose to Louisville. So again, at the end of the day, USC just has to take care of their job, but they have, they have been hurt when some of their signature opponents have lost the week before. But on Saturday, in front of Touchdown Jesus in South Bend, your thoughts on this game? 
No, it's definitely going to be another game. Um, it's, of course, national televised. You'll see this on NBC locally, uh, 4.30 Pacific time in Los Angeles and 7.30 Eastern. But it's going to be a match. You know, Notre Dame has lost two big games this year. They're currently 5-2 and two right now with, you know, USC trying to pick up their seventh win right now. And when, when you look at Notre Dame, they were early, early in the season, they were ranked pretty high. Uh, they were looked at to one of the top five teams in the country. And now they kind of fall down a little bit, especially this big uh, loss they had this past week. But when you look at UFC, can they really extend to 7-0 and can that defense carry over like, you know, we just talked about right now, can they carry that over? I think that's going to be the key thing to try to defeat Notre Dame. It, USC, I can see this game. They're not going to have a problem with the offense. The offense is definitely, they picked it up over the last few um, over the last few quarters, you can say, because that first quarter was just ugly. It was one ugly first quarter to see. Um, but it's definitely going to carry over. I can see USC coming on top here. I was actually looking at some odds and looking at how good USC is looking with, you know, Vegas always kind of puts in their, their one, two cents into it. And you can definitely see right now that, USC can win this game by 14 plus points. Um, they're definitely going to go ahead and cover their spread and be able to possibly um, come back home to face Utah. That that Utah game is oh, looking yeah. pretty good right now. By the way, Jihei would be very proud of me. You know, as much as I am a USC fan, I do know my team's deficiency. So I have done very well from a gambling standpoint. USC was not going to cover it in Tempe. They were not going to cover in Boulder. They were not going to cover against U of A. I'll do it again today. I will ride this, uh, uh, you know, train for as long as they can where USC will win. But they're not going to win by as much as people think. Uh, okay, Fredo, let's uh, switch gears. Uh, you host a very popular Chargers weekly uh, show, and I think everyone's trying to figure out week to week what this Chargers team's going to look like. Big Monday night game, Cowboys coming to SoFi Stadium. Listen, I mean, this is just, it's kind of low-hanging fruit. We talk about it every week, how the opposing fans take over, whether it's San Francisco, whether it's Philadelphia. It'll probably happen again with the Cowboys. Uh, but, Fredo, your thoughts on this big game, Monday night football at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, you know, this game just got a little bigger after uh, Dak Prescott's performance on Sunday. You know, definitely seeing what he... He was a uh, doing there. I, I believe I'm correct. He threw three interceptions in about like 15 minutes <laughs> of, of play. So if yeah, so if that's the type of offense that the Chargers are going to be facing, because the Chargers need uh, to take advantage of this bye week, uh, getting Derwin James back in healthy, getting Joey Bosa back in healthy, getting uh, Aloe Gilman back in healthy. There's just a lot of defensive players that were missing, and this offense. Now missing Mike Williams, they gave him an extra week to prepare to try to get Quentin Johnston more installed into this offense because ever since Mike Williams uh, disappeared from the field, uh, um, the next man up, and he still hasn't really put himself into it. That Raider victory was not maybe the best victory for the Chargers. They almost also let that game get away. Um, the offense with Justin Herbert's finger, that was the little issue. You know, that yeah. fractured finger is like, okay, this week and a half is definitely going to help him out to get back in healthy. So we don't know what concern or in what stage that hand is in. Of course, they will be having some practicing on Wednesday. So we will get a little more update on his hand tomorrow. Um, but right now, this matchup against them, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, we're just talking about the odds. Dallas Cowboys are three-point favorites coming into this game at SoFi Stadium. The last time the Cowboys came into SoFi Stadium to play the Chargers was on week one in 2021. And, you know, the Cowboys walked away with the game-winning field goal that game. So I know Keenan Allen talked about it last week uh, during practice about 
that certain game because Keenan always locks in on certain games and certain uh, players because that game when he went into Minnesota and he he received over 200 yards he's like I remember when Minnesota came to my home and Justin Jefferson threw the ball at me while I was sitting on the on the bleacher he's like I remember that moment so I knew coming into his home I'm gonna definitely gonna show out so he showed out for over 200 plus um picked up yards and right now that's the same thing I can see with Justin Herbert and did Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley's like, look, that was my first first head coaching game of my career. And losing that game to the Cowboys with the game winning field goal, he's like, I remember that. So this team is really going to come out and fight hard um, against the Dallas Cowboys. Since I mean, Dak Prescott, I mean, I hope Derwin James is back there because he may be picking up a few <laughs> interceptions. That would be amazing. I mean, uh, uh, Rosh, I, I know you're a Cowboys fan, but yeah. I, I would love for this. <laughs> I know you would. Incredible. I would love it. I would love it. I loved it when the Niners beat Dallas. I would love it if the Chargers did as well. I wanted to switch gears, Fredo, to... Our beloved, our lovable Dodgers that are yes. lovable right now. Uh, unfortunately, they are down o two. I know it's so depressing. <laughs> it's so depressing. Um, down o two, having to leave and go to Arizona um, to try and win this back. What do we think? Where where are we seeing them? Is, uh, can they come back from this? This is a pretty big deficit. No, you you definitely have. Um, you have a hundred percent a chance to come back against this D-backs team. The Dodgers know the D-backs left and right. You know, this is a divisional team that they face about 13, 14 times all year long. Even though these last two games, you can kind of, I don't know, sometimes it's a good thing when you have five days off or almost a week off. And during, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing, whether you got the buy or not. Sometimes it affects you, but I cannot put the blame on the buy time but you can definitely put the blame on Dave Roberts. I mean, I don't know what his decision-making was when you went with Clayton Kershaw to start off in game one, when you knew you had the biggest arm that you have available, which is Bobby Miller, to put him out in game one. Then starting James Altman, James Altman has been amazing all year long this year, but when you are in the playoffs, it is a different field. With that drop ball with James Alvin, no one really wants to put up some blame onto that situation there. But that is the first fly ball of his playoff career, and he drops it. And from that moment on, you give up six unanswered runs right there in the same inning. I mean, if that ball could have been caught, this whole series would have been totally different. And you look at the this uh, yesterday, last night's game, when you when you see starting decision making, I I just cannot understand why Dave Robert does manages his whole thing just due to analytics analytics at the end of the day is not going to win you the game it can help you uh, maintain and, ke and keep you in the game but i don't think even though analytics nowadays is not what the game was used to be like back in the days but i mean certain decision making where you're taking out the left-hander to put a right-hander bats that situation where last night put it in colton wong I just thought that was a that that was not the call. Colton Wong is batting about 150 right now. How can you put a guy in at that moment when you can keep the? Uh, I believe it was Miguel Rojas who was in the game at the time. You, I would have preferred having him in batting in that situation. But analytics say you got to go with the left hand bats. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I I still believe in this team to possibly come back and and make a run. But it's definitely going to be hard. But we all got to depend on Lance Lynn now. <laughs> Oh my God! Who would have thought the Dodgers season coming down to Lance Lynn, do or die, winner go home against the Diamondbacks uh, again? Game three, it's a best of five series, so uh, the, the next two games are um, in 
Phoenix. Uh, Fredo, last two minutes. I mean, if the Dodgers don't find a way to uh, come back, and again, they're in a 2-0 hole that they lost the first two games at home, the Diamondbacks just need one. Next two games are at on their home field. How disappointing will this be? I mean, following up, you know, losing to the Padres a year ago when you won, again, over 100 games, where does this team go from here? I mean, I, I it, this is eight years, if, if I'm right, eight years with Dave Roberts. And you look every single year, they've been heavy favorites to win it all, not just to make it to the playoffs, but to win a championship. Yes, 2020, uh, same situation with the Lakers. You know, it was a bubble situation, whether a lot of people want to give them credit for that championship, which they definitely do deserve um, the credit for that coming, being down 3-1 against the Braves and then coming back and beating the Tampa Bay Rays as well. So they definitely, you know, played well enough to deserve that championship. But the previous years, yes, the Houston Astros did cheat us out of a, a World Series in 2020. 2017, um, losing in 2018 to the Boston Red Sox, you know, that he did make three World Series appearance and you, you, that's good, but you gotta win when you are favorites. I mean, you don't see the Yankees back in the days out there making World Series appearances and losing them all. Yes, they lost a few, but they won more than they lost. Mm-hmm. And when you're that favorite, that that's something you gotta do. And from, you know, speculation out there in the talk for the past few years has always been, well, hey, the front office is the one making most of the decisions for, for Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts is a lot of times they don't say he's more of a puppet. He just wow. listens to what they say and then he'll do what they say. And at times you just got to put your foot down and make certain decisions that you're going to have to deal with, uh, yeah. with your, with your career. And right now, that's the way it seems pretty interesting to see if Dave Roberts does have a job moving forward next season. We shall see. Fredo, you're the best. We'll have you back on next week, my friend. Uh, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Lauren Jones talking about the Lakers and the Dodgers. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Right, let's head out to the Circus Sports guest hotline. And joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Lauren Jones. Lauren, how are you? I'm doing well, Arash. How are you? I am great. I wish I was doing a little bit better. I'm a little bit worried about the Dodgers, Lauren. So maybe let's start there before we go around the bend. 
Um, listen, we've we've kind of talked about this over the past few years with this team, or at least the last two years, where they win 100 games, they win the division, then they go in for the postseason. And last year, they uh, did not perform well against the Padres, and it looks like it might even be worse. I mean, they, they could. They're on the brink of getting swept by the Diamondbacks with Lance Lynn on the mound. I didn't think Lance Lynn would be the pitcher with the season on the line. Uh, your thoughts on what's happening to the Dodgers. Yes, Arash, I know the last time we spoke, we had a completely different tune about how excited (laughs) we were for Dodgers baseball in October. And now things have definitely taken a turn for, I don't even know if you can call it the worst. It's probably the worst of the worst. Yeah. Um, Through two games to see the Dodgers struggle so, um, so, I guess, profusely. Uh, It's it's like they're, you know, um, they're really just falling apart part of the scenes and I thought what um with Kershaw returning a little bit right before the postseason beginning that you know there would be some some time for him to knock the rest off but the, then I forgot about the you know playoff Kershaw and how know. he's um you know, traditionally had some struggles uh, yeah. during the postseason and I, I think it's you know with him talking about retirement and, and those rumors kind of going around and so many other factors going into it. Obviously pitching was a, a very um, real concern for the Dodgers going into the postseason uh, with so many late uh, season changes that it, it, it didn't, I, I didn't expect it to be this bad, but I did expect there to be some struggles. I, I thought that um, what the Dodgers had put together towards the end of the season um, in terms of their pitching rotation and kind of experimenting with what they have with some of the young players, that there might be, um, you know, some hope for them. But as we see it now with the break of a, a sweep, it's really not looking too hot for, for the Dodgers. No, and you know, I was really sad with with what happened to Kershaw because you're 100% right during this historic run that the been on you know 11 straight division series uh you know like outside of that texas uh, world series um you know kershaw has struggled and then that was really the worst i mean game one getting pulled uh in the first inning of that game so um where do you think just one more on this where do you think the dodgers go from here again this was not the season that people expected them to win the world series if we're being totally honest i mean everyone was talking about the padres who didn't even make the postseason that being said you know when you have 100 wins and you win the division and you have this amazing season i mean people like a successful season to my view would have been getting to the championship series and then you lose to the Braves. That would have been fine, in my view. This was not a team that I expected to win a World Series. This, uh, When the season comes to a close, the attention will shift to Shohei Otani. Can they go after him? What does this team have to do to get back to the World Series? Well, I think, you know, it does start with that. I think there's a lot of questions, Arash, in, in terms of uh, how the 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 Dodgers in blue, how they get back to that, you know, um, the, the the glory days of, you know, World Series appearances, if not a title. And yeah. so um, and so I do think that the um, the most important thing is to go all in on making sure that Otani, you know, decides to sign with them in the offseason um, <laughs> and also providing some, um, uh, you know, some some real support in terms of depth at the pitching position. We need to go in and find some, uh, you know, potential uh, 
some potential pitchers that that maybe you know adding depth to that position is, is paramount. You know whether Otani ends up coming or not, but then obviously there's a lot of other questions surrounding how young this team is. If Kershaw does decide to retire, uh, you know what that looks like. Uh, but there, yeah, to get back to a World Series, I think Arash is going to be a tall order just because of the the amount of competitiveness around the the league you know there's a right. lot of teams that we didn't expect to be good and that are in positions that are all going to be buying honey so um you know there's there's a lot of questions surrounding how they get back to it and I, you know I don't get paid enough but it's above my pay grade to know really <laughs> the ins and outs but I will say that you know I think it's possible with the competition that the um the Dodgers have had year in and year out over the last like you said um you know 11 seasons I, I think that they're always going to be relevant but to get over that hump is is definitely the, the question that a lot of people want to figure out Gee, I hate to put you on the spot, but we got to hear your mom at some point during this segment say her famous phrase. So, Lauren, uh, when Gee was a basketball player, her uh, <laughs> mom was in the stands and she would uh, say, you're the star. You're the star. So we'll see if Jihei's mom, I don't want to put her on the spot. I don't know where she's at right now. I know she's walking around behind you. Uh, she is. She's right there, Arash. She can, Let's she see. can say it right now. So, right. Mom, do you want to say it? I Come guess on. I have a foreign uh, accent, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> You're the star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. yeah. There we love go. It. Meet you. Uh, nice. This is beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay, Lauren, switching gears to the Lakers. Um, preseason's underway. They're one and one. LeBron makes his debut with Austin Reeves uh, last night in Las Vegas. Uh, again, I know it's the preseason, but you could tell the confidence that some of the players who were in that trade, D'Angelo is the one that I'm really kind of looking at when I when I see his confidence with his team, playing with his teammates, and him as his coach. Um, I knew, like, regardless of how the postseason played out, and they got to the Western Conference Finals, but I said, like, even if they lose to Memphis in the first round, the run that this team has had with these new guys – Give them an offseason. Give them a training camp. Give them a preseason. Uh, this is going to be a very good team. Again, just two games in, uh, Lauren, and you've been out to practices. What have you seen so far? Yeah, uh, Arash, I think this is where we can key in the button from Jihei's mom. You're the star. Because yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've seen a lot of stars, um, you know, kind of come together. It's been been really interesting uh Arash because I know that there's always like this theory of what a team could be and, and then you start to see it come together and obviously this is just the preseason and so you can't put too much stock into that but I think what what the intangibles are that I'm seeing is is the amount of confidence that the the players have um with each with the, among each other mm -hmm. uh, I've just heard from you know the rookies to all the way up to the leadership in LeBron and AD how confident they are in their teammates and they're uh, all being on one accord. Everybody's talked about continuity. Everybody's talked about the willingness to win. Everybody's talked about playing their role. And to me, the, those are the things that really stand out when it comes to, um, you know, seeing a team come together. Then there's also the um, some for a lot of the uh, new additions to the, the roster, like in Torian Prince and um, some of these other guys, Christian Wood. I've just heard the the respect level that they have for Dar Darvin Ham, and uh, you know when you speak to Darvin Ham, um, at least at practices, what uh, I've heard from him 
um, continuously is that he's really proud of the group that they've put together. And, and in kind, the players are really excited to play for uh, a coach like that. And, but also it's, it's not just, you know, Darvin Ham at the helm. It's also Phil Handy and all of these, yeah. you know, assistant coaches that are each kind of taking guys on that have worked with them in the summer and the Roy Morris, who's, you know, was under LeBron's wing during the summertime or, you know, to Austin Reeves, who is, you know, nursing an injury. But, you know, we see him like really coming alive and his shot improving so tremendously, um, you know, even through the, the first preseason game that he played the back to back to back, you know, three pointers <laughs> last right. night was was pretty impressive to see and uh you know everybody has talked about just how uh Jalen Hood Shafino has yeah. really impressed them through uh the preseason and training camp so I think that there's a lot of good things to be encouraged by I also think that you know there's there's a preseason and then when the season starts you know there, there's still yeah. a lot of games to be played and so uh to see how how well they've come along in terms of the offensive prowess because all we've been hearing about is how important uh, defense is to Darvin Ham and to setting the tone um, on that front. But to, to see how, you know, they're shooting the ball better but from three, from game one to game two in the preseason, and to see, you know, uh, just the incremental improvements from each player on that end, I think is also something to really be encouraged by from a Lakers fan. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's fun to watch. You can see the chemistry, uh, the bench was getting mm-hmm. really involved. You know, you're talking about a preseason game, but those guys were getting pumped up. So very happy to see that. Uh, switching gears now to the Los Angeles. Arash, I actually. Yes. I quickly, before we move on, I have a question for you because you, you're stirring the pot over there. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, in the first <laughs> and the first, uh, you know, debut of Arash at, at you know, a preseason game, uh, I had to ask you what your thoughts were of um, LeBron's response to, oh. um, you know, wanting to have a, a, a you know, a franchise in, in Vegas. You know, so he's been really very specific. And that was my question to LeBron. It was like, you know, it, it, you're, you've not talked in terms of a um, hypothetical. You've not talked about like, you know, maybe if the opportunity arises, maybe one day, uh, someday, someday team in some city. He's been very specific about wanting a team in Las Vegas. And I basically asked him, why is that? And uh, his response was, listen, you know, look around the sports scene in Las Vegas. You got the Raiders, you got the Golden Knights, you got the Aces. He was at game one of the WNBA finals there on Sunday. Um, all these things are happening in Vegas. And, and LeBron has really planted his flag there and said, hey, listen, I know they're going to have a team here one day, and I know it'll probably be once I'm retired. LeBron's got a couple more years left, um, and I want to be a part of that team. And so it was really cool to hear him talk about it. He mentioned it a year ago when they were here for the preseason. Um, you know, to that point, I, I caught up with Shaq over the weekend at his event, uh, and mm-hmm. Shaq's been here for years. I mean, Shaq's had a home in Vegas for you know, 20 plus years. And I, uh, and again, people have to understand this is going to be a group. The Phoenix Suns sold for four billion dollars. It's it's what these franchises are going for these days are amazing. So LeBron is worth a billion dollars. Shaq is worth half a billion. Crazy wealth, amazing. But you know, there the, the, there is going to have to be a group here. Um, so I I, I uh, basically asked Shaq, you know, would you want to be a part of that group? And um, 
no knock on LeBron, but I think Shaq was like, like, like I want my own group. Like I want to head up my own group. So mm-hmm. I think there will be multiple groups in play. We've seen that before. For example, if you guys remember when the Clippers were big. Dodgers. The Dodgers, mm-hmm. for example. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you'll have a group. And then Mark Walter is extremely wealthy. But he needs a group, right? And so um, it is generally nice if you could include a player who is the face of the franchise. <laughs> Excuse me, with that group. So, listen, I, I think it's only a matter of time before uh, the NBA is here. And when you look at timing, I would look at the media rights deal that the league has. That's uh, they're going to get a new deal in place probably by twenty twenty five. So I would expect an announcement for a, a new franchise around that time, uh, most likely Seattle and Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, that was my only reason of going to that game is that I wanted to kind of ask LeBron about that, you know. So um, he did not. Well, I love that you stirred the pot. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta I mean, stir the pot. Sir- yeah, thousand percent, thousand percent. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, but I, was, I, I, I basically, you know, channeled my – Inner Lauren Jones. I was there with my uh, phone <laughs> recording it, and I uploaded it so you can hear my entire conversation on the Sporting Tribune YouTube page, which is the Lauren Jones uh, YouTube page because she's killing it right now. And you were just recently at the Rams game. You were at the Rams game again. Another tough loss, but Lauren, I mean, they are losing two. In my view, the, the two losses that I don't fault them for. Is San Francisco and Philadelphia are the class of the league. In fact, that uh, you know they're in the same conference, so they can't play the Super Bowl. But that that those are the top two teams in the league. So um, the fact that they played those two teams close, no shame in that. Uh, your thoughts on the way that they played? Yes, yeah, Arash, I think uh, Sean McVay said it best that it felt like deja vu for the 49ers game. Um, yeah. These were two two very winnable games for, uh, surprisingly, because yeah. obviously, you know, we've talked about the context of the Rams and, you know, what there was not really many expectations of them being uh, competitive this year. But um, those two games, I think, showed a lot in, in, in both ways, is that this is a young team still that has a lot of development to, to um, kind of get over those uh, or close the margins of error as Sean McVay has also mentioned. Um, but, but there are a lot of things to also be encouraged by. And I think uh, with the reintroduction of Cooper cup into the fold and, um, you know, against the, the Eagles, at least that, you know, there was another uh, dynamic shift in, you know, cause Puka Nakua and uh, Tutu Atwell and, and to a lesser extent, Van Jefferson have been able to kind of uh, figure things out. Um, you know, from a, a receiver standpoint with, you know, sprinkled in Tyler Higby as well. Um, but then also on the defensive front, you know, I think that the, the for all intents and purposes for the Eagles to be, a, you know, the, an undefeated team and to have so many weapons and, you know, Jalen Hurts, uh, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift, Dallas Goddard, uh, for them to, you know, um, not let things get so out of hand until the second half, you know, and, and even still, you know, to, to not lose by too much, I think, you know, it is a testament and also to see, uh, you know, them come away with a, uh, you know, interception on, on the probably arguably one of the most talented top three quarterbacks in, you know, the NFL right now is, is encouraging, but I do think Arash, it, it, there are, there are some, 
some some differences and it's a tale of two halves for the for the Rams in, in these in these close games and, and against the 49ers we saw the same thing as so, you know kept it close through the first half and then in the second half there was this kind of switch and there's these you know margins of error that, that or you know penalties mental mistakes however you want to categorize them that you know ultimately cost them that that momentum shift and, and once in against good teams once you have you know one or two of those you know the game can go a completely different direction which is what we kind of ultimately saw but I think you know for them to have uh to lose by a touchdown to uh the 49ers and you know to not lose too badly to the Eagles <laughs> I, mean, I think I think you know the Rams have a lot of building blocks it's just a matter of putting them together and being able to um hold things together for an entire four quarters rather than just a half Listen, I saw how great uh, San Francisco was this past Sunday night. I mean, growing up as a Cowboys fan, I mean, I really thought the Cowboys would be something special after we beat up on uh, G.H. Giants 40 to nothing. But probably the uh, Giants are not that good this season. I don't know. (laughs) I am a realistic fan, guys. I'm a realistic fan. I am now officially, for the year, a Rams fan. So the Giants need to figure out their stuff because it's just, it's been, it's been a nightmare. I mean, uh, O-line's a mess. Defense needs to get it together. And no offense to Daniel Jones, you're not the one. So I just, I, they need to figure it out. <laughs> they need to figure it out. I don't know what they need to do. Go, like, see a shaman. I have no clue. But, like, <laughs> something needs to be done to that Giants organization. Um, you know, and if anything, I never thought that week one was going to be, like, the nice part of the season. I, You know, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm really disappointed so i'm gonna get i'm a realistic fan i will still give in Dabo i trust so i will still give him a couple more years um figure it out if they want to take for um you know caleb or maybe even for the washington quarterback i'm good with that too i think that's chicago i think i think i think chicago's in a pretty good situation although they they, they have a decision to make with they are the Houston Fields. Okay, speaking of Chicago, uh, Lord, as you know, a lot of USC fans, uh, including myself, by the way, will be heading to Chicago. I've been wanting to make this trip for quite some time. USC, Notre Dame, South Bend, they made a sweat. Uh, You had a great post on your your, uh, Instagram about the anxiety that they gave you. Uh, Real quick, last two minutes. I mean, man, I wish this defense was just a little bit better because I know USC is going to score enough points to win. Can they Hold the opposition to less than 40 points. Lauren, your thoughts on uh, USC Trojans heading into this weekend against the Fighting Irish in Notre Dame. Oh, Arash, I can just see those helmets gleaming now. <laughs> those, those golden helmets that are really awesome, honestly. But no, uh, for, for USC, I really think that this defense is, is just is going to cost them, you know, a, a real a real chance at going to the national championship, a real chance at competing um, against these big teams. And, to, and they're going to just continue to fall down the ranks, you know, because yeah. they're continuing to get exposed week after week. So um, I think it's going to be a close game. Do I, I think that they're going to hold the fighting Irish uh, under 40, I would say <laughs> probably not. Um, if I'm being realistic, as GA said, I'm, I'm a realistic fan as well. Yes. So, uh, you know, fight on. I'm, I'm always going to be hopeful and rooting and, you know, and the Trojans we trust, but uh, yeah, Rosh, I, I really don't see that <laughs> happening, yeah. um, but I do see a win. I will yeah. say I, I see a win. <laughs> I told GA this. I said, listen, a lot of these lines are too big. It's not that USC is not going to score a ton of points. They're just going to give up a 
ton of points. So they're not going to cover against Colorado. They're not going to cover against Arizona State. They're not going to cover against U of A, but they are going to win. I think the same thing happens against Notre Dame. Lauren, you're the best. We'll have you back on uh, next week. That's all the time we have for today. Until tomorrow, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.